Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel, Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. I would just point this out for anybody that's ever said, oh, the tribulation period already happened. Oh, we're, we're, we're living in hell right now. Y'all know that nothing like this has ever happened before, amen? For you guys that are here that are saved, nothing like this will ever happen. You'll never experience anything like this. This is a unique period of time on the earth. God said about the tribulation period that it'll be the worst period of time ever on earth. There's never been a time like it, nor will there ever be a time like it afterwards. The tribulation will leave no question in the minds of those who experience it that it's the time described in Scripture. As Pastor Bill continues our study of the book of Revelation, in today's message, He'll point out that the tribulation is described as a time unlike any that have come before or will ever come again. It'll be a time of tremendous torment and suffering. People will long to die and escape their misery, but God won't allow that to happen. For those who have accepted Jesus, they'll be spared this time. Now, here's Pastor Bill in the book of Revelation, chapter 9, as he begins his message, Hell on Earth. Everybody look at chapter 9, verse 1. It says, Then the fifth angel sounded, and I saw a star fallen from heaven to the earth. To him was given the key to the bottomless pit. So the fifth angel sounded his trumpet, and John speaking here said, I saw a star fallen from heaven. Then he said to the star, he called the star a hymn. He said, I saw a star fallen from heaven, and then to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. Anybody know who this star is? Satan, Lucifer. You know, just so you know, if, if it was a star, regular star, it wouldn't have later been called a hymn. If you're a note taker, you would want to write down Luke chapter 10, verse 18. In Luke 10, 18, Jesus had sent the disciples out and he had given them power over the demons and he given them power to heal. And they came back and as you could imagine, they were quite excited for how God had worked in their lives. And they were saying in, in verse 17, the 70 returned with joy saying, Lord, even the demons are subject to us in your name. And Jesus said to them in verse 18 of Luke 10 and says, and he said to them, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. And he reminds them there. He's like in, in another one of the other gospels. Jesus says, don't rejoice that you have power over the demons. He says, rather, you ought to be rejoicing. What? Anybody know that your names are written in the book of life? Y'all happy about the wrong thing. Y'all need to be happy that you're going to heaven. So, um, but here, for our sake here, Jesus said, look, I saw Satan fall like lightning. So before I go any further, I want to do a little bit of explanation on demons and angels and where they came from and what they are, what they're doing, what they can do, what they can't do. So angels are created beings. God created the angels. Uh, they exist in the unseen realm to us, right? Most of us here are not seeing angels on a regular basis. Is that true? There's always somebody, but for the most of us, we're not walking around. We're not seeing angels, you know. Um, we don't see demons either, praise God. Um, that, that's a, it's in the unseen realm, though if we believe the Bible, we know that they exist. When we gather like this, I believe that there are angels and demons present. I believe that Satan is attacking and there's warfare that happens all, all, all up and through our preparations. I believe that God is at work in ways that we don't see. There is an unseen realm that is kept from us. Now, initially... All angels were, the Bible, the Bible called angels of messengers and servants of God. They were all created to, to serve the Lord in some way. Um, Satan was, uh, who's also called Lucifer and some, a lot of other names in the scriptures. We learned that he was the anointed cherub who covered. 
it says that in his being there were trembles and pipes. That's why many people say that Satan was the worship leader of heaven because he had musical instruments in his being and he was over, had authority over other angels. Um, Satan at a point was no longer content to bring glory to God through worship. And we, we see the I wills of Satan. Um, Ezekiel and Isaiah, I don't have time to go there to them this morning, but um, we can look at both areas where we see the fall of Satan. But Satan basically says this, I will be like the most high. I will ascend into heaven. I will. And he gives all the things that he no longer wants to bring glory and worship to God. He's like, I, w- I want some for myself. And after he gets done saying all the things that he will do, God says, no, you won't. And he is kicked out of heaven forever. Now, he had a third of the angels fell with him. And that's where we get the devil and demons from. These are fallen angels. We learn from the book of Hebrews, there's no coming back from that. So will God ever forgive Satan and the demons that fell with him? They're doomed. They're damned. They know for a fact that they will go to hell eventually. Um, The Bible says in Hebrews that God does not give aid to the angels, but he does give aid to the seed of Abraham. What that means is this. If you guys think about what aid means, if you are broke, you need financial aid. Amen. Um, If you get injured, you might need first aid. You know, we have spiritual issues. God provides spiritual aid, but he says, I don't give aid to the angels. Why? Because they fell from a place of seeing God in all of his glory. And God says, look, if you fall from there, if you decide from that point, you don't want it. You you don't get to come back. You don't get to leave and come back to this. So they're damned. They're doomed forever. Um, they, They have a date. They know there's a date coming where they're going to be thrown to the lake of fire. And so they are doing what they do. Um, Satan is also, that's what Satan is. He's a fallen angel. He's not, you know, some people think Satan is like the leader of hell. You know, like when you go to hell, you see the cartoons and Satan is with the pitchfork, you know, that he's the torturer in hell. He'll be tortured in hell himself. And so that's where Satan comes from. Um, all of this transpired before Adam and Eve fell in the garden because once Adam and Eve were placed in the garden, um, they weren't there very long before we see Satan show up in the garden. And so we know that this fall took place uh, early on, um, before, uh, at least before Genesis 3, at some point that Satan had fallen and all these things were in place. All this is important because now as all this is being unfolded at the end, we're going to see Satan do some things. We're going to see demons unveiled to do some things. And I want us to have a biblical understanding of what they are. So when your friends and your family die, they don't become angels. Y'all know that? I get so sad when I hear Christians at a funeral, like, he just, he just, my angel's up there, just watch. No, 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 no. That sounds sweet, but it's not true. Angels and people are different. When people you know that are going to heaven die, they go to heaven. They don't become angels. They don't get wings. He got his wings. No, he didn't. No, he didn't. He, he went to heaven. He, don't, he doesn't want to be an angel. So angels are better than us right now, but we'll be better than, not, I say better than them, we will be. It'll be better to be a human than an angel in eternity. We'll, we'll, have, we'll be judging angels. It talks about that in Corinthians uh, in heaven. And so God, arguing, God, you know, through Paul, made this argument in Corinthians that you guys can't settle your disputes on earth uh, before secular judges. Y'all understand that y'all going to judge the angels in heaven? So he was correcting them on that. So um, we're, we're not the same, um, you know, but we're both, we're the only two beings God created that are eternal. So human beings and angels are the only two beings that will either be in heaven or hell for all eternity. Everything else God created dies and goes back to the dust. Your dog, your cat, you know, they, they're not coming to heaven. To heaven, and your, your mean dog ain't going to hell. They're just done. You get a new dog when your old dog dies, okay? So here, um, this star that fall, fell, fall was is Satan. 
It says, to him was given the key to the bottomless pit. So I want to explain this. What is the bottomless pit? It's, it's a place where there are some demons that have not been free to roam because they messed up really bad. Um, there's some demon. I want you to know this because during the tribulation period, there's some demons. Y'all understand all demons are bad, right? But there are some demons that are so bad that they've been locked up in a bottomless pit, not been able to get out. Those demons are going to be released during the tribulation period to torment people. So how did they end up in the bottomless pit? I'm going to give it to you real quick because I don't have time to make the whole argument. But everybody, if you're a note taker, you should write down Jude, which is only one chapter. Jude chapter one, verse six. In Jude verse six, it tells us this. And the angels who did not keep their proper domain, but left their own abode, he has reserved in everlasting chains under darkness for the judgment of the great day. So there were some angels that it said they, they didn't keep their proper estate or abode. They, they went where they shouldn't have gone. They did what they should not have done. I believe these are the angels that we see in Genesis chapter 6 who came down and tried to contaminate uh, the population of people and they had sex with women on the, of the earth. And I believe that those angels were then put in the bottomless pit and they've been there. So these are some perverted angels or demons and they've been in the bottomless pit all this time. They have not been free to roam and destroy, but they will be released during the tribulation period. Now, verse 2, it says, And he opened the bottomless pit, and smoke arose out of the pit like the smoke of a great furnace. So the sun and the air were darkened because of the smoke of the pit. So wherever this pit is, um, as Satan is released, as Satan is given the key to let them out, the bottomless pit is opened up, and there's this smoke that arises and it causes some darkness on the earth. It's already dark. If you guys remember last week, um, part of the judgments that went out, a third of the sun and a third of the moon were darkened. So it's already getting dim out here. Now there's smoke arising from this bottomless pit that's creating darkness as well. Verse three says, then out of the smoke, locusts came upon the earth and to them was given power as the scorpions of the earth have power. They were commanded not to harm the grass or the earth or any green thing or any trees, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their foreheads. So these demons come out there. They have a likeness of locusts. That means they, we know locusts fly and devour. Uh, regular locusts fly and they devour, uh, they devour plants and, you know, you know, green stuff. These locusts were told, don't mess with the vegetation. Don't mess with the plants. Um, these locusts are going to be free to go do damage to people. These are demonic locust things. Now, again, some of you are reading this saying, this is, this is crazy. Like, what is this? Um, this is part of God's wrath that there are things that I think I would go crazy, for one, if I, if I could see demons and angels on a regular basis. I don't, I don't want, you know, every time somebody in the Bible saw an angel, what was their response? Fear. Angels always had, fear not. Fear, they had to always be going around and say, don't be afraid. So I imagine that regular angels were pretty awesome looking creatures. I would imagine that demons, I don't know what they would look like, but I know they don't come. They come to do damage. Uh, I don't want to see no demons, you know. And so part of what God has veiled us from in this life is we don't see these things. But during this tribulation period where God said, this is the period where my wrath is being poured out, I'm going to let people see the demonic realm. Uh, and I'm going to give demons permission to do things that they have not had permission to. I'm letting out demons that used to be bound up. So these, again, it's not like they're good demons, but these are the worst demons. I'm letting them out. And 
they're going to have a physical uh, image. They're going to fly around like locusts. Um, they're going to have power like scorpions of the earth. Uh, if anybody knows anything about scorpions, uh, one of the worst stings you can get is a scorpion sting. So a bee sting, not too much. A wasp sting is kept bad because a wasp can keep stinging you. A scorpion sting is one of the worst things as far as the level of pain that it creates. And so God is allowing these demonic creatures that have power to, to create pain. They have power to hurt men. But he says in verse 4, they were commanded not to touch the grass or any of the green things, but only those men who do not have the seal of God on their forehead. So there's mercy in the midst of judgment again that those that have gotten saved, those that have the seal of God on their foreheads, while these demonic creatures are going out, God says they, they won't be able to touch those that belong to the Lord. Why? Because this is God's wrath, and God's wrath is never poured out on his kids. Even during this time. Now, I think God is better than we would be. Because my mind says this. If I was God, and I've given you all these opportunities to get saved, and you were like, nope, nope, you rejected me at 20 altar calls, and you make it to the tribulation period, I think you should see a demon. I think you should, you should, you should, you, you, you should get, I'm going to save you, but I'm, you should, you should feel some of this, you know, you could, you didn't have to be here. God is better than me because God is like, nah, they, those that are saved, I'm going to put the seal of God on their forehead and they're not going to be touched by these things, which I think is very merciful and very gracious of God that he would do that because they've obviously had other opportunities, but God is merciful. This is his wrath being poured out. Now, verse five says, and they were not given authority to kill them but to torment them for five months. Their torment was like the torment of a scorpion when it strikes a man. In those days, men will seek death and will not find it. They will desire to die, but death will flee from them. So here God says, look, these, these demonic creatures are going to go forth. They're going to have the power to sting men. It's going to hurt for five months. And in those days, people are going to want to die and then death is going to flee. So I would just point this out for anybody that's ever said, oh, the tribulation period already happened. Or we're, we're, we're living in hell right now. Y'all know that nothing like this has ever happened before. Amen? For you guys that are here that are saved, nothing like this will ever happen. You'll never experience anything like this. This is a unique period of time on the earth. God said about the tribulation period that it'll be the worst period of time ever on earth. There's never been a time like it, nor will there ever be a time like it afterwards. This will be the worst period of time on earth. And so demons are released. They're, I'm, sure, I'm sure it's scary for those that are here. I think that there'd be probably mental breakdowns because how do you get away from demons? I mean, these are spiritual creatures. They can fly. They have power to touch you, to sting you, to hurt you. I would imagine that this would be horrifying time to be on the earth. Do any of you guys look at this and think, if I were here, I, I would think this would make people get saved? You guys think that this would make people come to a... I, that's what I tend to think, but that's not what happens. Um, I would look at this and think, man, this is... Surely people would see that and be like, God, help. God, I'm sorry. God, I repent today. Give me that seal. Seal my forehead now. You know, I would, I would be begging for mercy, but that's not actually what's going to happen. So this is, again, this is God's wrath being poured out. People are going to seek death and death is going to flee. That's a unique thing. It's going to last for five months. So imagine somebody that's in pain and they want to die, but death flees them. That means if you jump off a building and you, ah, Geronimo, and you smack, you're not dying. You're just going to be in more pain, you know? That's, that's, that's unfathomable, you know, that you some shoot they sell. Boom. Nope, didn't work. Still here. 
just just in more pain. Death will flee. Obviously, that's spiritual and supernatural because under normal circumstances, a person could kill themselves. They could die. But God says, during this period of time, I'm not allowing death. Now, I used to look at this and think, wow, that's, that's, that's a harsh judgment. But I actually, rethinking it this go around, have thought that might be merciful. Because if you were in pain and you killed yourself, where would you go? They would go to hell. The fact that God says, I'm not going to let you die, it's merciful in that, that maybe, there's a, maybe some of them will get saved. Maybe some of them are going to repent after this. Not allowing death to people that are going to hell is merciful. Um, it's, it's, just, it's extending their time. It's giving them another opportunity um, to be saved. And so verse 7 says, now as a further description of these, these creatures, it says, the shape of the locust was like a horse prepared for battle. You're going to see many times that John will say like. So when he says that, John is doing his best to put into his own words what he's seeing. So it's like, it's like this. So it's not actually a horse, but it's like a horse. He says, the shape of the locust was like a horse prepared for battle. So I was curious as to rather, you know, the, it was the shape, but it was is, like, what size are these things? I don't really get a sense of the size. Uh, he doesn't say anything that tells me that it's this big or that big. He doesn't say it's the size of a horse, but it's like the shape of a horse prepared for battle. So you can imagine a horse with armor and gear on that a horse that would go to battle back in those days. He says, that's the shape of these locusts. On their heads were crowns of something like gold, their faces were like the faces of men. I think that would be freaky. That something shaped like a horse that could fly with a scorpion tail, but it have a face like a man. Then it said they had hair like women's hair. Uh, I'm imagining that that's that it's like flowy hair. Um, I had a kid draw this for me one time. You know, it was, a, it was a fat man's face, blonde woman hair, and he drew these lion teeth. And it, it was it was you know it was, it was pretty interesting. But um, they had hair like a woman's hair. Their teeth were like lion's teeth, and they had breastplates like breastplates of iron. And the sound of their wings was like the sound of chariots with many horses running into battle. And so, again, that's, that's a loud noise. And so this is just freaky, you know. I don't know if anybody's ever been somewhere where, like, a beehive broke loose. Uh, I took my son. You guys know my son Billy is autistic, and he loves to go to Universal Studios. But Bill only goes to one place. He goes to Universal Studios, he goes straight to Minion area, and he rides the Minion rides, and he waits till the characters come out. He likes to take pictures and, and video the little characters from the Minions, the little sisters. And so we were out there one day. Well, they had, at Universal Studios, there was a beehive, and it, it broke loose. And so you had a whole area where you had all these kids, you had staff, and the bees were just going. Now... My son, being autistic, he's enamored with flying things. Now, he's afraid of flies, but he likes the bees. And I'm like, no, the bees will sting you. And I tell him, Billy, get away from the bees. will sting you. He's like, Dad, what is the bee going to do? It'll sting you. And he thinks it's funny. And I'm trying to, so I, I had to like, I had to physically grab him. Like, now if it was a fly, he would be like, yeah, get away from me. You know, like the fly that can't do nothing to him. But he's enamored with the bees. He wants to go see them and and glory in them and video them, and I have to, like, hurl them out of there, you know? So, but you can hear the noise of this angry, these bees just, and I'm like, we, we got to go. I, I don't want to get stung. That's a lot of me, and they'll just be stinging me, you know? So, but here, if you can imagine these creatures, they're like locusts, but the, the, the wings, as they're flying around, it sounds like mini chariots going into battle. And so, I would again, I would imagine all these things are horrific and scary, 
And why is this in the Bible? Why has God put this here? Why is this information here for us to read in such detail? Um, again, I can only take from this that God wants believers to be aware of what's going to happen in the future, that we would be faithful witnesses, that we'd be faithful in sharing with our neighbors, our families, our friends, but also I'm aware as I read these things of, God, I'm, I'm grateful for all that you've kept me from. I'm glad to not be under his wrath. I'm glad that all the wrath that could have come to me was poured out on Jesus on the cross, and I'm not under the wrath of God because of Jesus. Amen? And I'm, so I'm grateful to Jesus for taking care of that for me because we all deserve God's wrath, but we've, we, we receive mercy through Jesus. And as I look at what wrath looks like, I'm more grateful for God's mercy, God's forgiveness in my life. Now, verse 10 says, they had tails like scorpions, and they had tails like scorpions, and there, there were stings in their tails. Their power was to hurt men five months. And they had a king over them, the angel of the bottomless pit, whose name in Hebrew is Abaddon, but in Greek, he has the name Apollyon. So uh, they had in their tails, they had these stings of a scorpion that were able to hurt men for five months. They had a king over them. So angels and demons, can they run and rank and file. There's some order to how they get down. And it says the one that was over them was in the Hebrew Abaddon and in the Greek Apollyon. Those names mean destruction and destroyer. Uh, we believe that these are names for Satan. And so what does Satan come to do to steal, to kill, and what? Destroy. That's all he can do. And so let me say this, because as I look at what the Bible tells, when the Bible is being explicitly intelli- explicit about who the devil is, it's never good. But do you guys realize that we live in a culture that entertains himself on demonic movies and scary stuff? Like somehow there's this, there's this interest and people are enamored with it. And I wonder sometimes if Satan isn't even behind it, kind of lulling people to sleep, to think it's funny or it's entertaining or it's not real. Um, but I read this and I realize that this, this is not what I want to entertain myself with. The devil is real. Demons are real. Um, if you want to have an interest in the supernatural, that's a good thing. But make sure that you explore the supernatural in ways that God has invited you in. Amen? The supernatural is not bad, but we want to enter in. I, I want to, I by faith in God's word, through prayer, um, through encountering God, I want to I want to delve into all the supernatural I can, but I want to delve into the supernatural um, where the power's at, where Jesus is at. I don't want to be fooling around with demonic things and entertaining myself with stuff that you know that 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 just the devil is doing, uh, or you know thinking that that's that's um that, that I don't I don't think that should be the entertainment of the people of God. You know, realizing that man, I think some people get lulled to sleep through that. Also, because there's been a whole lot of conversation this week on this, I'll just throw it out there for us. People are doing things, and sometimes Christians get caught up in it. So right now, it's, I think it's like a fad, but everybody is burning sage to cleanse spiritually. You just get the, get the evil spirits and the, and the bad energy. Can I tell y'all how dumb that is, right? The devil is real. There's demonic power, and there ain't no leaf you can burn that's going to make the devil leave. So if, if, if the devil is doing something, you pray, prayer, there's power in prayer. You can, you know, walk in obedience to the word. You know, there are things that you can do. You can't burn enough incense to move the devil out. So I, for people that are doing that, I understand non-believers, but some Christians getting caught up in this. And they're buying sage. I just moved to a new apartment. There's just bad energy in, in the devil. So I'm going to just do this. I'm going to burn some sage and walk throughout my place. 
I'm, the devil laughing at you. The devil is behind you saying, what do you think you're going to do with that? You've been listening to A Transforming Word. As Pastor Bill Buffington has been teaching through the book of Revelation, this book is entirely fascinating, if not a little bit confusing. But don't get distracted by all the strange things mentioned and lose sight of the fact that Jesus is showing himself in a mighty way through this book. The description of Jesus in this book sounds like some fierce, ultimate superhero, someone you would want to follow but might be a little afraid of, too. But Jesus is coming to redeem a broken world. Some of the ways God will go about doing this may not be fully understandable from our perspective, but that's okay. It's still worth studying and eagerly anticipating the fact that He's coming to make all things new. What a relief. If you'd like to hear this message again, or listen to more messages from our Revelation series, go to calvaryinglewood.org. If you have some questions that you'd like answered or need someone to talk to, we're happy to speak with you and try to answer those questions. Just call 310-245-4811. Once more, That phone number is 310-245-4811. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood in Inglewood, California. Thank you for spending time with us today in the book of Revelation. We look forward to our next edition of A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill. Make sure you tune in for the upcoming message as you're sure to learn more from this intriguing book of the Bible here on A Transforming Word.